0: You're listening to the Solo to CEO podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Solo to CEO podcast, where we provide a mix of powerful, thought-provoking and practical information to assist you in your transformation from solo to CEO of a high-impact, high-revenue-generating business. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here with Elizabeth Stevenson, attorney and CEO of New Direction Family Law. New Direction Family Law provides separation, divorce, and other family law services to clients in North Carolina. Welcome, Elizabeth. It's good to have you as our guest on this Solo to CEO podcast. Oh, well, thank you. I'm so delighted
1: to be here and to um, share more and um, hopefully um, help others as they move their way through their own path and to a CEO and working on their own in entrepreneurship.
0: Oh, great, great. So tell me, uh, let's start out. Tell me more about New Direction Family Law. I'm really, um, I'm really interested and intrigued why you name it New Direction Family Law. You know, it's so common for law firms to be named, you know, uh, usually names of the founders and that kind of thing is very right. You've (laughs) chosen to name it uh, a, a different kind of name, and particularly to call it New Direction. So what does that mean?
1: Well, um, I came into this, I opened this practice in almost well, a little over three years ago after my husband had passed away. I took some time off. And I really, and I had been in a partnership and been solo for a really long time. And I really wanted, want, he was a family law attorney, so I wanted to do something to honor him and how good he was at what he did. But I also wanted to do it the way I thought it should be done ethically and morally and how you treat your clients. Mm -hmm. and so um, I was very thoughtful about it, and to me, new direction means it's like when you're in separation and divorce, it's the worst time in your life. It is like a death, and you cannot go backwards, (laughs) and you cannot stay where you are, so you have got to go in a new direction, and when you get that mindset, and when you say, I'm going to go in a new direction, it's always a better direction, and people always come out the other side, in a better place, even though they don't think they will at the moment that they start.
0: So it's, so it's a bit of inspiration, you know, right. it's kind of an inspirational moment for them. I, I love that. I love that idea. Um, because I don't think that, uh, oftentimes as, you, you know, attorneys that we don't necessarily think about for the people experiencing it, that it's such a mournful, powerful, emotional time. You know,
1: for- it is, right. It, it is. Absolutely. And I have a um, I have a background in social work, I have a master's in social work. That comes in really handy in my job. Yeah. So I know I'm not their therapist, but they, you know, people need to to share their story. And that's part of what we do is sit in everybody's pain every day and then help them get that story out and say, Got it. Now, what can we do to get you out of this pain and move you forward? And that's sort of what we feel like we're the conduit for.
0: Right. Right. So you mentioned you were a therapist. I was going to ask you about that. So so tell us your let's tell us let's go through your background a little bit and talk (laughs) about how your your journey to becoming a lawyer and what you did before you became a lawyer.
1: (laughs) I did. Well, I didn't go to law school until I was 37. I figured if I either win or I didn't, I'd be forty in three years. So, um.
0: <laughs> I was I was so, thirty eight. I was thirty eight when <laughs> I went to law school, so I can I can relate to that.
1: <laughs> so I'd been in the nonprofit world for years and years, working with families of child abuse and neglect and that sort of thing, and then I started doing lobbying, and I realized that social workers weren't very respected at the legislature. So I thought, well, fine, I'll go get a law degree, um, and then when I got to law school. I realized that, that 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 I didn't want to do that. I took a family law course and it just sort of spoke to me because one, it, it involves children and it involves family. And that's really where my heart is. And it's so being a therapist, you can't tell people what to do, <laughs> but being a lawyer, you can. And I kind of like that <laughs> part of it. <laughs> so that's how I sort of just fell into it. And I've never done any from day one family law is all I've ever practiced.
0: Wow. You know, um, I had a mentor, one of my mentors was a, a judge, a circuit court judge, and she practiced family law briefly um, early in her career. And she told me, she says, you either love it or you hate it. And because <laughs> I started, when I first started, I practiced family law. And she says, you know, people are not neutral about that. Either you'll find the people who practice family law for a long time are people who who love it. That's their passion. And, and, uh, and if you don't have a passion for it, you, you don't you, stay you're it not going to no, know, too?
1: and you'll get burned out really quick. You know, yeah. absolutely. So I why feel do you that exactly why do
0: you think that is? Because I
1: mean, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but clients sort of suck the life out of you sometimes
0: because
1: <laughs> they're going through really, one, they can be unreasonable or they're emotional, which they all, they should be. And so it's not like writing a contract. It's not like doing business or that sort of thing. It's very emotional and you really have people's lives in your hand (laughs) in a way. And that's really, uh, it can be
0: stressful. Right. Right. So um, when you tell, so when you started practicing, did you immediately go into business for yourself? Um, No. When I got out of
1: law school, I actually worked for, she was a, um, she was a um, family law um, attorney and had been practicing for like 20 years, but she was like the only woman in her law school class, you know? So she was, she was a dog. I mean, she was a litigator and she was aggressive and she ran a great business and she was a fabulous mentor for me. And so I just, again, I don't know how this happens, but I just sort of, fell in with her, and um, learned so much from her, and she just threw me out there. It's like sink or swim, and you know, and so I started litigating. I loved the courtroom, and just um, sort of went from there, never left.
0: So so do you feel like you were a natural-born litigator then? I mean, that's kind of interesting, because you, you said you were a therapist, and you don't think of people who come from That and and I think uh, I read that you were did social work and stuff, so I you don't think of people who come from that background as being litigators, right? But you, right, you just you you think you have that. I do, and I think I
1: always we were having this conversation with I don't remember who, but. Like I just think that all litigators are frustrated actors because that's what you do, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I'm very good at. Um, I'm not so good at advocating for myself sometimes, but I'm mm-hmm. really, I think, really powerful and really good at advocating for others. And that's what litigation, to me, is all about: is getting okay. the best result for your client with the facts that you have.
0: Right. So that makes a lot of sense when you mm-hmm. when you put it in the perspective of you are advocating for others, then that really mm-hmm. fits into a lot of what you're talking about. So, right, um, what, so from there, how long, how long until you went into practice for yourself?
1: Um, (laughs) I, um, I think I stayed with Jane maybe a year and a half and then I adopted a newborn. So, um, I, I remember taking my infant to work when he was like a week old, you know, and I thought, well, I can't do this. This is not going to work. So I I stopped and um, took a few months off and then started working for a nonprofit again. And then an old client called me and I got a client and I got another client, I got another client. And I thought, well, okay, I'll open my own practice. And I think I was just too stupid to be scared because I didn't know what I was doing.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) And it just sort of Snowballs there. Really <laughs> I know, you know. Sometimes ble- that's right. Ignorance, ignorance is bliss. And so I was solo until, God, probably twelve, well, probably fifteen years. I was solo practitioner. I mean, literally, it was just me and, and like a paralegal, and then a friend of mine who did family law. We thought, well, we'll just, you know, why should we just join forces? So we did that. And then um, my husband got sick, and so I had to stay home for about a year and a half and take care of him. So. I just sort of left the practice and I started up again. And I think in June of 16, um, and it was just me and a laptop. Mm -hmm. And um, today, three years later, there are 13 of us. (laughs) You know, we're a seven figure law firm um, and have a partner. Um, And so um, somehow what we're doing speaks to people, I think, in the way we do it. And so it's really been a fantastic journey for these last three years to get this going. (laughs)
0: What was it like to start over again, having been a solo before, and then having that loss? And I'm sure that really changed you. You're old it did. You, you, because you're more mature. You're older, and then you've gone through, and you've done it before, you know. Right. And then, then you suffer this loss, and so you're a different person in a different place, and you're starting right. over. Right. What was that? What was that like for you at that moment? And you decided to do this again because it sounds like it happened really organically the first time.
1: It did. It did. And then this time, I knew. You know, I I just you know I was how old was I, I was fifty six, and I <laughs> wasn't. You know, I didn't want to go work for anybody, and so I have a you know I have a child to have to take care of, and I got bills to pay, and. I had to do something, so I, I knew I was very good at what I did. And my mother is a um, serial entrepreneur, uh-huh. <laughs> so I grew up watching her and seeing her, and so she's been a great mentor for me over the years. And so, you know, I knew the biz. I knew how to do a business, and I was very passionate about coming back and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. Um, so it was different. And I will, I will say this too that and it, it is that I had. I had the funds and the ability and the time to do it, this go-around. It wasn't just, oh, I'm going to have one client. I was able to spend money, have a budget, get a great website, hire a marketing director, things I couldn't do the first go-around. Right. So having those things in place let me be able to go out and market the firm, and put a face on it, and do it the way, it, and hire people to do to work, do the work, and then I got to go out and do what I like to do, and spread the good word, and meet and greet, and all those sorts of things, so it was
0: really different
1: this time around.
0: Right, right, so <clears throat> talk to me about, you know, one of the things, uh, I, I'm a, you know, being an attorney, my background is in marketing, and before I became an attorney, and so now I work with my clients as a business growth um, -hmm. consultant for their practices. And, Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I teach them is that they, being a CEO of their business is a different function than being Mm -hmm. a lawyer. When you choose Mm -hmm. to create your own business, you have to put on that CEO hat and think Mm -hmm. in those terms. So now as your business owner of your business, give me an idea of, how you spend your day. Are you, in, are you working in your business uh, the majority of the day? Are you working on your business? How, how do you divide up your time with that? Do you, you know, have you hired an office administrator? Do you have a, you know, what kinds of, do you divide the task with your partner?
1: Yeah, um, I sort of like, yeah, I'm sort of at the place of my partner. And I on. I love her because she's really young. My whole staff is under the age of like 32. <laughs> so awesome. I get to they like feel their energy every, energy every day. <laughs> yeah, it's fabulous. So um, Sarah takes care of like um, the employees and that kind of thing. And then I have an office admin who's actually my paralegal. We're trying to move her out of that. And she sort of takes care of the office and doing that. So I get to pick and choose the clients that I want. So um, I don't carry a full caseload, but I love working with people. I love hearing stories. I like going to court. So I do keep a caseload. So it depends on if I have a trial coming up, then yeah, I'm working the work. But if I don't, then I spend time with my marketing manager looking at the website, doing the Google ads, going out. She gets us, you know, we everybody in my staff has to pick a board get on it and volunteer in the community. So we're out and about all the time and we sponsorship and we, um, go to after hours and we network. And so I would say 50% of my time is doing that. And 50% of my time is doing
0: legal work. Right. So you're involved in, in rainmaking is kind of a big part of your function. Right. Right. And and being a rainmaker and all of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I was curious how, how, you you know, and one of the things that when I talk with my clients is, you know, that they get to choose, they get to choose what it is they love, they get right. to do, right? But you have more choice right? right. You, when you grow the firm, you know, and get and develop the support people.
1: Right. You know, you know, my philosophy sort of is, yeah, I want to make money, but you can only spend so much money. the point of making money is to make the, is to give back to the community. And that's sort of, I think that's what makes us different too, is even on our website and our, we blog, we blog. Well, I don't, they blog, they tweet, they Instagram, all of that, but it's all about us being out and being, we're just not here to take your money. We really are invested here. And the more money you make, the more free time you have and the more time you can give to boards and volunteer and do good work. So I try to instill that in my staff too. And everybody, that's sort of our culture here, I think, you know, a little bit.
0: Yeah. I noticed that you were involved in a number of, uh, quite a number of organizations in the community. Mm -hmm. Do you have sort of a, uh, a theme around your, your volunteerism, the volunteer work? Is there a particular, you know, passion that you have that you?
1: Yeah. I mean, mine really revolves around children and um, families. I'm a, long-time um, survivor of sexual abuse. And so I know that world and I know how that is. And so I work with one group helps, um, you know, they, they're victims of trafficking. And so I take a, we carry a caseload of po' bono for those types of folks. And then I work with another organization, the Hope Center, that helps foster children aging out of foster care. And they've been involved in, you know, abuse and neglect and all of that. And then Mm -hmm. Safe Child um, provides education and support for um, families and survivors and victims and that sort of thing. And then um, all of us are involved. We love the ASPCA and, you know, animals and that kind of thing. So that's more that's really what our focus is, I think.
0: Right. Right. You know, um, one of the things that uh, when I'm talking with people about their business development and I kind of help them. For my philosophy on it is, I mean, obviously you can get business wherever wherever you like to hang out. You can you can meet people and and that will that can lead to more business and that kind of thing. But right. you know, one of the things that um, I suggest to people to recommend to people though is that if you do your business development. Work you do your marketing work, and you make the money. Then you can have more time and have more money mm-hmm. to devote to the organizations that you are passionate mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and money, and that can be something that you do, and not make it, and not have it be something that you're trying to get something out of for your business. Oh no,
1: yeah. I mean, it. I mean, it does have that that positive effect, but I think we generally genuinely do it for the right reason and if you do it for the right reason it's all going to come back and you know karma is a beautiful thing Right. so it's all going to come back around the other way and I have a you know I don't want to be doing this when I'm 75 I got a 10 year exit plan you know and I got to do oh. something with myself once I leave <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> now, although you know they say about old attorneys we die at our I, head, know. Right? <laughs> I know I know I am not gonna let that happen <laughs> um your <clears throat> so let's talk about your marketing um philosophy and strategy your rainmaking strategy philosophy when you because you've done this a couple times now and I know at right. first you said it sort of happened organically and you're ha- you fortunate to have that sort of word mm-hmm. of mouth mm-hmm. you know uh, because you have been working with somebody else and right, and then, you know, but what kinds of things um, did you, have you done, did you do to get clients? Right. What strategies I mean, did you time,
1: Yeah. You know, the first time around, I really didn't have to, I don't mean this in a snotty way. I didn't have to work. I didn't have to, I didn't, I wasn't the only person in the household. And so I think once you are, when you get that, you've got that hunger and you've got that drive because you know you're it. So you're a little more thoughtful about it. And so I have Jen Bordeaux, who is my uh, marketing director. We work with um, a company that um, we were doing all of our own blogs. We were doing all of our own posting, and that was taking hours and hours. So we have someone who does that for us, and we post every day. Um, we review the articles, we review the blogs and the, and that sort of thing. But, but I don't have to spend my time writing articles anymore and writing blogs. Mm -hmm. So that frees me up, but it gets us out there. We, We have a Facebook page, we have Instagram, we're on, I don't know what the other ones are because that's beyond my pay grade. Um, but we do a Facebook live at least once a month where we bring in our referral partners, um, and then my partner does, uh, we call it the case law corner where she'll do a update on Facebook and we have a YouTube channel where she'll do case law updates and that sort of thing. Um, we partner w- with other folks like real estate attorneys and estate attorneys and that sort of thing. And we hold either after hours workshops where we provide drinks and food or we'll do a lunch and learn and that sort of thing. So. Not only are we promoting it, but we've got 10 other attorneys that are promoting it and getting out in their network.
0: And have you found that to be um, effective?
1: I do, because it's like tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. You know, you've got um, people in the audience who are professionals, but they're they're real estate agents. And real estate agents work with people who are separating and want to buy a house or sell a house or get rid of a house. Mm-hmm. So I then put myself out there. Our philosophy is the more you get out, the more articles you write, the more blogs you do, then you're seen as the expert. And, and then you're top of mind and people will call you or refer to you. I mean, that's our best new client base is referrals. I mean, we, we do Google ads. I don't do a lot. I do, I think, $1,000 a month maybe. Um, but the rest of it, we built our website in organically. Really, by what we do, by by what we do on social media, and working with network
0: partners and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I cannot agree more about the content marketing strategy. That mm-hmm. position yourself as an expert and in, mm-hmm. in really being active on social media, you right. know, being where your clients hang out, and right, you know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and it's and it and it has really um, what a wonderful tool that is for any sort of small professional business to be able to have, because, you know, you and I are old enough to remember when that. I was doing yellow page ads or you had to get earned media, you know, you had to go reporters and come up with some sort of story that they could and beg a reporter. I mean, I still do that,
1: but yeah, but yeah, but that was that. I mean, there's so many options and You know, the only thing that it costs you an investment is time, you know, to make sure that that you're out there and you're out there consistently, but it's not. Thousands and thousands of dollars, for sure. You can you can contract with somebody, get an independent, get an intern from like UNC has a school of journalism and advertising. Get an intern to write your blogs and that kind of thing.
0: Right, right. There's so many different ways to go about it. So that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, so um, tell me about you. So you have a, assembled a really good team. So one of the things that I I know is discussed a lot among solo attorneys is the struggle of cultivating a good high quality team and really Mm -hmm. finding those good people that you can rely on and you could trust to have your back. So what are some of your secrets to success in getting a good high quality team? Um, um, look,
1: (laughs) my paralegal, um, busy. She's, she should go to law school. I keep telling them to do that. Um, but she was my first person I hired and we just, I'd interviewed, I know, a hundred people and, you know, and she came on board and then three of my staff were employees at my old firm that I did not <laughs> go after, but, um, I think we all have the same philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so they've been with me since the start. And then we're really good about, um, how we, I think, interview folks or bring them on board, um, it's a, it's, it's not just Sarah and I making the decision, like, if we're hiring a legal assistant, then the paralegals are going to vet them and meet with them first, and then, you know, we'll meet with them, and then, um, Mm -hmm. if we're all, it's a family affair here, you know, it's not, I mean, Sarah and I, you know, get the final vote. But if somebody says that they don't feel right, or I don't think they're a good fit, we trust our staff. And, you know, probably that person shouldn't be um, with us. So um, we're just, I think we're just mindful. Um, And so we're not quick to, we're not quick to hire folks. We'd rather like right now I'm short two people because we haven't found, we could get somebody in here, but that's not what I want to do. And so everybody's on board with that and working a little harder and extra, but we'd rather get the right person and take more time to do that.
0: Right, right. That's great. That's great advice. Um, did you, when you first had your firm, do you remember when you made your first hire, what that experience was like for you? Um, you mean back in the day? Yeah.
1: Or uh, Yeah, my mom is so funny because I was, I mean, I was solo. I would answer the phone. I would write the letter. I would sign the letter. I would stick it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, take it to the post office, all of that. And I mm-hmm. did that for probably five years, and my mom kept, and because I was scared to death to hire anybody, because it's like, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, it's like you're always looking at the bank. I don't care if you got a million dollars in the bank; you're still worried if you can make payroll.
0: So what? So she said, what was you the just, point? "Yeah,
1: you just." She, that's what she. I just couldn't. I, I was. I thought I had screwed up an appeal that I had missed a deadline. I had not, but I remember sitting on my floor in my office, surrounded by files. And just sobbing because I was so disorganized. And it's like, I am going to lose my law license because I can, I need some help because I can't do it all by myself. So it was like enough as it was like my, you know, you hit rock bottom sort of. And it's like, you (laughs) got to change or you got to stop doing this because you're going to screw somebody's life up. (laughs) Really?
0: You know? Yeah.
1: I wonder if I I I finally did it.
0: Get I it. wonder if every solo has that moment where they, they, they have, have that they have that thought where they think, I'm going to lose my law license. I, I think it. once I we have that, probably more than once, i, I have that thought more than once. <laughs> <laughs> just, I remember calling a mentor of mine at one point going, I'm going to, you have to help me or I'm going to have what? to turn my bar card back in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so the second time around, I knew better. And that's like, okay, just bite the bullet you know, and hire somebody. And so I do, it wasn't even a thought at that time. If That's the one thing I could tell somebody. It's like, it's not all that much, you know, hire at least an assistant because you cannot do everything yourself or you'll lose your mind for
0: sure. Right. Right. So if you had, um, you know, the people listening to this podcast, we have a lot of people who are on the solo to CEO journey who may be, um, behind you in the journey, less experienced mm-hmm. starting out, or maybe a few years down the road, uh, but maybe they don't have 13 people in the firm yet. Uh, right. What kinds of um, little nuggets of wisdom would you have for them, maybe based on your experience that you've had so far? Um, I think, you know, one of it is you got to love what you do.
1: Um which I do, but it's like Sarah and I just had this conversation. It's like, if you're a business owner, nobody's writing, you're nobody's directly depositing a check in your account twice a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you have to have, I wake up every day grateful and knowing that there's going to be ups and downs. Um, And I used it, you know, years ago, that would, if I was down, I would, I'd lose a client. was like, oh God, I'm going to close my practice. I'm not going to get any more clients. I'm off, you know, and if, you know what I mean? Yeah. So once my attitude changed and I became grateful and trusting in the process and trusting in myself and my staff, that turned everything around. Um, and so it didn't happen overnight, but you got to. You gotta be in it for the long haul and you gotta understand that it's hard work but you know, you can work somebody told me this and I know it's an old saying, you work like most people won't, so you can live like most people can't sit down the road. But then you and you and you're in charge of your own destiny, you know, and so if you fail you don't have anybody to blame but yourself. Kind of thing.
0: Right. So. right. Right. I love that. And and I also understand that, like, when you make the decision in your mind, there is no, there is, the thought doesn't cross your mind of, well, I can always go get a job, because you just, there is no plan B, because this is, this is your job. Right. This this is it, like, so you don't, when, when that thought stops happening, (laughs) you know that you're in it. You're in that's That's for the long haul. You know, you are like but you know, what do you mean go get it? This is what I do, this is my job. Like every day every day is just, you know, okay, what do I what have I what do I need to get done today to keep moving this, kicking this can down the road, <laughs> keep, keep
1: right. moving this business down
0: the right. road. Because
1: right. right. But I also doing. don't have to ask anybody if I can take Friday afternoons off either, you know, That's which right. is, so there, there are, there are downfalls, but there are so many advantages and it's like, if I have to go pick my child up at school, like I had to leave at 12 to go take him to a job, you know, to a job interview and come back and I can do that or I can leave early or I can come in late, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's it's to me it's just very um empowering and freeing, but it's a lot of hard work, and I' I think everybody understands that if they've done it,
0: right. yeah, and you get to do what you love in the way that you love to do it, which is really correct, which is really the piece that is you know that's the best part is that you get to do right. what you love in the way that you love to do it, you know right, exactly,
1: yeah, that's a great way to put it, that's true yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I am uh, I'm so glad that you were here today to talk with us about your your practice and what you do. And um, I learned so much in this conversation. I really appreciate it. Tell us how we can find out more about you. if we want to find you on the interwebs. I want to find out about that YouTube channel. and. Your and all
1: that. <laughs> oh, you can't. Yeah. I mean, you can just visit our website, www.newdirectionfamilylaw.com. Um, And that has all the information and has our profiles. It gives you a philosophy of the firm, um, phone number Mm -hmm. 919-719-3470. All of our blogs are on there. It connects you to the YouTube, visits us on Facebook, all of that. And I think if people see that and they understand, they get a sense of who we are. Um, And so we're always happy to, we believe education is power. And we're always happy to sit down and talk with folks as we can't, undo some things so we'd much rather them come see us before they um, do something even if they haven't separated yet just to learn about their rights and options.
0: Great so and if we're ever in the Raleigh area so you're in Raleigh and what other right uh, what where do you we're in
1: all the sort of surrounding counties it's Durham County, Johnston County, Harnett, those sorts of things so um, you know the law is the law nowhere where you go in North Carolina so we're happy if you need us we're happy to travel a little bit. If that's what it takes, we're happy to do that.
0: Okay, great. Elizabeth, thanks so much for talking with us today. I really, really appreciate it. Well, I
1: appreciate that for letting me come on. I appreciate it so much. The Solo to CEO podcast is sponsored by D. Frederick Media and Marketing and the Solo to CEO System. We help professional women entrepreneurs transform from solos to CEOs of high impact, high revenue generating businesses while reclaiming their time and creating the lifestyle of their dreams. If you are ready to skyrocket your revenue, cultivate a crackerjack team, and set up systems and automation to get your firm running like a well-oiled machine so you can focus on the highest and best use of your time, then you'll want to attend our latest presentation, Six Shifts to Transform Your Solo Practice into a Seven-Figure Firm with Total Ease. Register at law.solotoceo.biz slash webinar.